morning, friends. As you may see, I'm joined by a couple of uh, additional characters up here this morning. So, Todd. Hey, hello, friends. And, uh, and uh, Dean McFarland, who has served on the elder team for almost the past 20 years and just recently moved into the role of uh, elder emeritus. But we're excited to get to share with you uh, some big news about the future of our campus. Before we jump right into it, I want to read to you Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, because it's going to set up everything that we're going to talk about this morning. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A friend of mine sent me this verse about three weeks ago uh, to the date, and it's been a great encouragement to me as I've reflected on uh, the sweetness of seasons in life and even thought back a little bit to when I was getting ready to graduate from high school. And uh, one thing to know about my family that I grew up in is I have two amazing parents, two brothers that are some of my closest friends in life. And I was really excited for graduation. I was going to get to go play college football. I was excited about the future. But as that time got closer and closer, I had a, a bit of sadness start to creep in, knowing that that season was coming to an end. And I could have stayed and continued to have an amazing uh, relationship in the same way that I always had with my parents and my brothers, but I would have missed out on everything that I've got to experience since then. And that kind of brings us to where we are with a changing of seasons here at the Fort Worth campus. Yeah, so um, this is kind of one of those, what I would just call happy sad. And I'm, I'll share with you uh, something I felt I really didn't expect to feel after the first service, but uh, it is the conviction of um, just the men that God has given the privilege of serving you in leadership, of which Dean has been, as, as he said, for almost two decades. We are always are praying, you know, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to lead? And uh, specifically, you know, seven years ago, he led us to believe that we should start partnering with some friends in Fort Worth. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But because of what's happened over the last seven years with our friends in Fort Worth, um, and as we've observed what's present in Fort Worth, we are at a place where we look at what the scripture says, and while we don't at all in any way feel like what we've been doing is a mistake, we believe that what God has done uh, mandates an adjustment. Sometimes people think change is something you have to do because what you're doing is wrong. No, change is something you do because you see something that could make what's great better. And um, we believe all things equal, a thriving satellite campus is not as good as a thriving independent local church underneath present physical corporate team leadership. And so after some conversations with uh, Tyler and the campus shepherds and the staff and leaders even in this body and just sharing with them this conviction, we felt like today was the day to bring you all into the conversation and let you know that as of July 1st, 2020, uh, we believe that we'll, what will honor the Lord is that Watermark Fort Worth will be a brother, a sister church to us and not a satellite of any campus anywhere else, but free before the Lord to thrive and to serve and advance his kingdom in every way that a local church should. So that is worthy of celebrating. And, uh, and we will tell you um, why. In fact, let's just start by just maybe, Dean, why don't you tell them, you know, because Dean was, was part of the leadership of the church with me uh, seven years ago when we, we believed that God would have us move west a yeah. little bit. Yeah, what a gift the, the elders, uh, the sitting elders gave me as the elder emeritus to come and be with you today because uh, Todd's right. I mean, 
the process we went through is the very same of the process we're going through right now as we think about this transition season um, for Watermark in Fort Worth. But uh, we weren't hasty. It was bathed in prayer. Uh, it was biblically, uh, thoughtfully executed. And look what God has done. And there's even greater things ahead. Um, what, what a privilege it is to see and be a part of something as unique as what Dallas was now 19, 20 years ago. And what Fort Worth is just seven years ago. A handful of families, a couple, a few couples that were really weary of driving over to Dallas, frankly. That, Why can't we do this in Fort Worth? Um, it's not that the church in Fort Worth is broken. It's just there's something unique we see that we believe God wants to do with us in this city that we don't, we don't see just right now. And so help us be a part of being God's church in Fort Worth mm. and look and celebrate what he has done. So I, I want you to know I'm, in my own life, I'm going through a little bit of the same thing. I, as you may know, this elder emeritus thing and uh, transitioning out of the sitting role of, of um, serving with Todd and, and uh and Bo and Lev and Boo, and now transitioning to this season where I, I, I don't believe that God is going to not use me anymore, just the opposite. He's going to use me in different and unique ways. Do I miss my friends that I spent so much time with every day of the week? The answer is yes. Yeah, we're still in community yeah. together twice a week with that. Absolutely. But we're not together six more times yeah. doing the work of the church. But it's still different. Yeah, it's it, different. It's really different for yeah. me and and I will just tell you, there, there's a thread of um, anxiety, there's a thread of uh, disappointment, mm -hmm. but overall, there's this season of hope, of, of having gotten to serve and enjoy the experience of running hard after Christ with men and women that really want to make a difference in the world for him. And so I, I just want to tell you, I identify with what you're going through and may go through, but I would tell you, there is a season on the other side that um, the, I, I describe it this way. Serving as an elder is really unique. Todd makes this, uh, if you've seen that uh, or listened to that service when we were installed, what, almost 19, 20 years ago, he, he says either the greatest day of our church or the beginning of the end. And by gra God's grace, he took a couple of knuckleheads and look what he's done. And we know in spite of us, uh, this has happened, not because of us. And it's the same for you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but I want to say it right now, that the opportunity to entrust this, the shepherding and stewardship of this mission in Fort Worth to men like Tyler and Newley and Graham and Steve, I mean, we've been, we've been traveling this road with these men for a long time. And so this is a natural progression. This isn't something that, that's a problem we're trying to separate from. It is a gift that we want to give yeah. these men in this body. Well, it, it, you know, I... Um Dean has been in the grandfather mode for almost a decade. I have entered into it rather rapidly over the last, uh, <laughs> number four will be here in a month. And so it's just like, boom, boom, boom. But everybody says, you're going to love being a granddad. I'll be honest with you. It's okay. I, <laughs> I'd rather be a dad. I mean, I'm like, y'all go on, you know, and just, I'll, I'll raise them all again. I mean, I love the intimacy that comes with these kids in my home all the time and, and pouring into them. But you know, there'd be something really dysfunctional if I was so selfish that when my kids that are now parents, if I'd said, no, 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 you gotta stay my kids. You gotta stay with me and I wanna have dinner with you every night and I want Tyler to spend 25% of his time coming you know, east and, and I'll come over west some and, and we'll be together and because I love you so much and I don't want anything that's gonna affect the intensity and, of time 
and, and, and the closest of relationship that we have. And I know if you move to that next stage of life where you have your own family and you move forward, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost me. But I, I, I do love watching my kids have the privilege of charging ahead in every way that I, God intends them to. We, we've, we said um, from the very beginning, we, we wrestled with a lot when we started this idea. Should we invest with friends in Fort Worth? There were members that were, had been in Dallas that had moved over here. There were members in Dallas that had friends in Fort Worth that had friends driving over. And then there were others in Fort Worth, as Dean said, that wanted to start a work. And so when we just really prayed about it, we go, you know what? We think this is the right next thing for our community of faith to do in Dallas. And, and so seven years ago, we started this thing that was now Watermark Fort Worth. Seven years ago, it's amazing. With, with six, seven, eight people that some of them weren't even, maybe even believers mm -hmm. in the first room when we were in. <laughs> we were aware of Christian things, but we literally just sat there and just talked about what God wants to do in and through a people. And now you're 2,000 strong. But who cares about the number? You're strong. Mm -hmm. You're faithful people that are already abiding with and walking with the Lord. We asked ourselves, hey, if we start this satellite, might it ever become an independent church? Should it become an independent church? Should we declare right now it will become an independent church? And here's what you need to know about um, us. We think tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has trouble of its own. We don't have a master 10-year plan. We have a master that we want to serve every day for the next 10 years. And, and so we have just every day just said, Lord, what's the best way to advance your kingdom? What's the best way to serve your people? And um, part of what you've been living in the last seven years with us is that. But we came to a growing conviction as we saw the health that was here. That most of the reason that we would stay together for the next two, three, five, ten years was selfish. And that there was maturity here, that there was um, faithfulness here, that we believe to let it go and be everything that God intended it to be is the best way for it to thrive. This has nothing to do with Frisco or, or Plano um, or what is going to potentially be an East Dallas campus or a South Dallas campus that, that we're talking about. That, that, those decisions are completely separate from anything we've looked at right here. And we just look up and we go, there's something different that God has in Fort Worth. Tyler, talk about what we did last April. Yeah, so in April... The elders came to the campus shepherd teams of every campus and asked us to answer three questions. First question was one, why should your campus remain a satellite campus? Question two, why should your campus become an independent local church? And question three, if we decided that your campus was going to become an independent local church, what would need to happen between now and then for that mm -hmm. to happen? When they first asked us, when we, the, me and Graham and Uli and Steve heard that question, our first response was a little bit of like, Frustration, Like, why would you even ask? Like, we love what we're doing. Let's not even think about it. We're like, okay, let's faithfully go through this uh, process of answering these questions. And when we got to the end, we realized that hey, there were, are some great benefits of being connected. Yeah. But there could be some really big advantages and opportunities to being independent. And quite frankly, we're, we're closer than we thought we were of being in a place to do that. And so we started making decisions back in April not to become an independent local church, yeah. but to get us in a position where if that was the right thing to do, we would be able to respond. And so we're there, and we feel like 
Uh, we made good decisions back in April, not with the purpose of becoming independent, but have set us up to, to be launched out well. Totally. And so I, I think, let me just, um, you know, one of the things that will happen, and Tyler talk more about the conversation we're about to have with you, about what are some of those advantages, and, and we'll get to those in a minute. But let me tell you um, what was a present reality that we looked up and saw, uh, frankly, over the last weeks and month plus, where we came to a conviction that... I don't know if it ever might, should, will, but it should now. Um, here's the six things that we saw. Number one, we saw you. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, a, a community of people that bled kingdom work. We didn't see people that went to Watermark Fort Worth. We saw Jesus' people in Fort Worth. And uh, we saw the values. Mm-hmm. We saw the purpose. We saw the sacrificial living. We saw you own the doctrine, the culture, the ministry with conviction. And it wasn't something you were doing because you, you were your daddy's uh, boy. It was because you were your own man and your own woman. And you had been operating as kingdom people. That's the first thing we saw. Yeah, the second thing was we had that season of mentoring, encouraging, and, and discipling another layer of, layer of leadership here in Fort Worth. And that season, when you, when you travel the road together, you, you grow, you understand, you, you are able to acknowledge how God is using the current leadership that's here. And the idea that Newly and Steve and Graham, you know, Tyler, they're ready. They're ready for the opportunity, should you confirm it and install them as elders, which we highly encourage. Um, they're ready to take on the responsibility of stewarding this mission. And that's, that is an incredible feeling as someone who is, uh, got the chance to be in that sober, uh, wonderful, awesome role for, for a long period of my life that now is transitioning out of it. And, and to be able to hand that, the stewardship of life and, and mission and ministry over to someone else is incredible. And knowing that it's going to be well cared for and you well taken care of. We saw the membership. We saw that there were men that were ready to lead in a way that God wants a, a community to be led. And, and we saw... Um, what I would say you see in Exodus 18, when you see a flourishing, thriving community, you look and just go, you don't just need a Moses and an Aaron and a Miriam. You need leaders of 1,000, leaders of 500, leaders of 100, leaders of 50, leaders of 10. And we see that not only is it part of the membership, but we see also within the membership, God has raised up faithful men and women. So you might not know this unless you're one of them, but the leaders of this campus met on Friday. And they met with the shepherds, they met with Tyler, folks that are already serving in a way that are carrying the burden of the mission um, and had this conversation on Friday and um, began to process and ask questions and think. So we saw the collective, we saw the next layer of leadership, and then certainly we saw the team of people that were up there. And then I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the fourth thing we saw was that within that team of leadership, specifically we saw in the staff elder in Tyler something that's unique among the leaders of all the other campuses. Um, just what the Lord has done here in and through Tyler, we believe that there is a corporate leadership team, but there is also an appropriate set of giftedness that exists within Tyler that just gave us a lot of strength. Yeah. And then Dean, talk about the means. Yeah, the means and, and the financial resources that God has so abundantly prepared provided here and in the other campuses as well. We've always said one church, four campuses. You've heard that over and over. But internally, you should know we accounted separately uh, so we would know if the situation that we're in today, um, we would able to be, be able to assess if the body at Fort Worth was able to, in essence, pay for itself. 
And what, what is a gift to give you is not only the millions of dollars that were invested in this campus that's going to be yours. There's no purchase involved here. This is God's money. This is God's building, his campus. And it's our encouragement to be able to entrust it to you and to these men and the, your stewardship of it. But the other really important piece is you don't want to um, possibly transition away from a body that isn't yet providing for that campus. So we know for now a significant season that you are at a place where this is being cared for and, and financially provided for. So there's not a big negative that as we roll out this new initiative that you're going to be responsible for. You want to talk a little more about that? Yeah, for sure. And so one of the big decisions we made back in April was feeling, hey, we needed to do some things uh, to go out in front of you as a body to help us be in a place where we were financially uh, sustainable. So we dropped an office lease that was about $120,000 a year. We've refrained from adding staff onto our team, which is always a big mover of our budget overall. And we look at two things. We look at the expenses of the Fort Worth campus, and then we also look at expenses that are in Dallas that as we become independent, we would have to make some hires to replace centralized shared services, things such as HR and IT and finance and things of that nature. And so we kind of have what we call our fully loaded budget. And so as we made the decisions in the spring, as you have continued to uh, grow in sacrificial, joyful giving to this mission, so far this fiscal year, we have about a 10% surplus on what our fully loaded budget uh, expenses are and what our giving has that's come in. Now, as you hear that, there is a surplus, but it's a small one. <laughs> and our, our opportunities abound in front of us. And so I just even as we move forward, encouraging each of you to look at as this ownership of the mission, how you're giving and how God may want you to joyfully continue to respond all the more as we move forward. Yeah, so let me just re reiterate and click on something Dean said a second ago. Um, what we always believe we should do in every aspect of our life is be faithful stewards. And so as we believe that God would have us steward some of our life to invest with Fort Worthians in Fort Worth to advance the cause of Jesus, we began to invest in other things here. Staff, um, uh, office leasing, uh, renting a place for you to gather initially at the Ridgely, eventually uh, purchasing property off of Cherry Lane, and then eventually developing that property. And so literally millions of dollars and probably millions more in man hours have been invested here. And we're not going to sell the church to you because it's not ours, right? We, we, we're gonna, we, our job is as faithful stewards to observe and just ask ourselves, are there God's people there that will take the stewardship that God's people have already invested into this work and will carry it forward? That's a horrifying responsibility. And what I want you to hear us say is we believe that you guys are worthy of that. And it's a little dangerous. I mean, it really is. Because um, a little different than the Dallas campus, you have to remember, we were around eight years before we bought dirt. Actually, I take that back. Three years before we bought dirt. Eight years before we even moved into anything but a rented facility. And then it was just a slow, slow build a little bit at a time. And in effect, because there is a generational relationship here, you guys have clept out of a little bit of that waiting on the Lord. And we believe an important part of your growth as God's people is to pick it up from here. Um, one of the things we want to do is set you up for success. And so what Watermark does is um, we don't have any kind of endowment. You know, we are, you know, hand to mouth and, and um, sustenance living as um, 
you know, the Lord enables us, but we do maintain, because wisdom would have us do that when we're able, a three-month buffer for what it costs to operate the mission. And one of the things that we'll do next July is we will, as we release our sons and daughters, our child in the faith, and I, I use that as humbly as I can, not pejoratively, but as Paul said to Timothy, you're my true child in the faith, and go and be everything God wants you to be, to, the, to his glory. Um, you know, we'll set you guys up with a three-month contingency that will allow you all, as you continue to give and operate, with just the same opportunity that Frisco, Dallas, and Plano have. But I say that to you because to whom much is given, much is expected. And you're not accountable to us in Dallas. All right? You are as our brother in Christ that we will admonish, encourage, and uh, help from whichever way we can with great patience. But bottom line, you're accountable to the Lord for where you all are. And we believe you're worthy of this investment and you're worthy of this gift. And we've always had from the very beginning our desire anytime we go somewhere is not to be imperialist, pins in the map kind of people, but to raise up indigenous leaders to say, why don't you lead? Why don't you love? Why don't you continue the work of the Lord in every way that we've built into you? These things which you've heard from us in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. And so the real test of whether or not we've been faithful is what's going to happen with you the next 10 years. And the real test of whether or not you're going to be faithful the next 10 years is what's going to happen the 20 years after that. I believe your success is determined by your successor. And listen, we love you. Those six reasons uh, that we've given, uh, five if you're really counting, the sixth one is we believe all things equal. An independent church is better than a satellite campus because there can be more focused leadership. And one of the things that's happened, you just need to know this, as I said earlier, Tyler spends 25%. about 25% of his time staying connected in every way that's appropriate because we're one church. I spend about probably 10 to 15% of my time back this direction. And we're both going to regain 15% and 25% of our focus somewhere else because we're both ready. Now listen, we serve churches, we, collectively, Watermark, one church, four campuses. We serve churches all over the world. Uh, Gary was telling me this week that he had some church leadership conference work with another church not far from here that calls this staff a lot and says, will you step into this problem that we have. We need leadership and we trust the leadership of God in this place. Will you come coach us here? We're so excited that that's going to keep happening here. But we answer the phone whenever somebody calls. But then listen, let me just tell you something. My kids, they call me differently, right? Uh, Tyler won't call uh, 214-361-2275. He'll call my cell phone. He'll text my cell phone, right? Because there's forever a different relationship here. And I'm going to call him when he doesn't call me. And we'll continue to be related in that specific way because of our love for one another. And i got to tell you, the, the thing I, I didn't know the first service, I, I've never left. Um, I, I, I think of myself as a Christian in Dallas. And God's had my wife and I in Dallas now for 35 years. There was a time in the late 90s we thought the Lord was pushing us to Atlanta. And we were going to just leave our, our life circle of friends. At the time, we didn't really have a church body that we felt close to, but there was Christians we felt close to. And we were going to go to Atlanta, and we just couldn't leave those friends. But I can't imagine what it would be like if God called my wife and I to California or to Europe or someplace just to do something for me to leave my Watermark family right now. And in a way that I just didn't even know it was going to feel, I really felt like, oh, my gosh, 
July 1st, 2020, in a way that I've never done before, there's going to be a different relationship with me and my Watermark Fort Worth family. And that grieves me. And it was one of the reasons that we kept asking God, God, you're going to have to push us because I'm just selfish enough to keep the people I love with me when they could probably thrive a little better and do a little bit more for you if they became, they left their mother and father and cleft to their wife and became one with them for the glory of God for the next generation. So that's where we are. Yeah. One of the things I'm so excited about that I would just invite you uh, into is not only the, the consideration of the, the future installation of, of your elder leadership, but things like uh, the watermark name. I don't think we've addressed that yet. And, and that's one of the things, well, what are we going to call this? And the answer, the elders don't know yet. Uh, that's why they're inviting you into prayer. There's lots of things to consider here. And one of the challenges, the, as Todd had said in the earlier service, that, that I think is why is that the internet has made the whole world so flat, but also it's also very difficult sometimes to have that distinguishing element anymore. There are now watermarks around the world. And even though we've asked at times when people uh, call us, hey, we'd like to preserve the integrity of the name, this is what we want it to be, it's happened. Well, let, let's talk about that, because yeah. you got the FAQ, let's just start chewing through the yeah, FAQ. Yeah, absolutely, so we know that we knew in advance that there were gonna be lots of questions that you would have rolling through your head, because there were the same ones, a lot of them that, that we had as a staff, and as a Campus Shepherd team. So one of those did relate to, will we still be called Watermark? And that, that is, we're still trying to figure that out. Uh, but one thing that is for certain, regardless of what name we end up flying underneath, we're going to be the same church, mm -hmm. meaning that nothing about our doctrine, nothing about our governance uh, is going to change. We are going to continue to operate with the same beliefs, with the same governance, and the same ministries. So ministries like regeneration, reengage, the porch, equip disciple, merge, everything that we do in children's ministry is all going to stay the same. Everybody who's leading each of those ministries, you in this room, it's going to stay the same. And because of that, we have great confidence that uh, even though we will be under local leadership, uh, we're going to continue to see God work in all of those names, so we, in all of those ways. So we don't know what the name is going to be yet, but we know what the church is going to be as we move forward. Yep. And so uh, just uh, to Dean, Dean's point, 20 years ago, there was not a single church in the world called Watermark. You know that? And um, now there are several... Uh, well, more than several. I mean, literally, Hong Kong has a watermark community church. Uh, and, um, and there's been a number of them, and all we've asked them is, hey, guys, just because it's a different world, when people want to find out about a church anymore, they don't call, they go to Google, and they type in watermark. And we think for you guys to be successful, we don't want them to have to go, for you to say, no, no, no don't, don't put in watermark because you're going to probably get Dallas because, believe me, we've done everything we can to gobble up every domain possible so churches aren't confusing out there. And, and we've asked other churches, if you're going to be called Watermark, we're not going to come rip your name off the sign, but we're going to ask all your social media and web footprint to not have Watermark in it so that folks aren't confused. And so we've got to figure out that, and, and the elders and people that are smarter than Tyler and I and Dean and I are working on all that. But listen, we would love for the name not to change, but here's the thing. We're not associated with Tyler Briggs or Dean McFarland, or Todd Wagner, or Watermark. We're associated with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we're going to find the right label to allow that to happen here. Maybe Watermark, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things that you're going to notice. One of the most visible things that will affect you in terms of change will be Sunday mornings. And so a question that we know that you have is what will 
Sunday or where will Sunday morning teaching come from? And we're going to move to where Sunday morning teaching is local. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity, like we had this summer, for you to get to hear from not only from me, but from the other tremendously gifted leaders and communicators on our Fort Worth staff that uh, you didn't even know had all the gifts that they did. Yeah. And as this opportunity comes up, I'm excited for you to be further discipled and led here locally by a great team of teachers at our campus. Yeah, this is the first time I got my feelings hurt was on Friday when Tyler shared that with the leaders of the church and said, hey, we're going to start teaching locally. And the, and, the, and the shepherd said, yeah, and that local teaching will be with Tyler. And everybody applauded. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't blame you. You know, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was in, all, in all seriousness, you know, this summer when we made the decision that we did to um, meet together and study God's word and then teach locally on every campus, uh, we didn't know what the Lord was up to with that idea. We did it very intentionally because we wanted to raise up and, and give other communicators an opportunity. But obviously, um, we observed some things. And it was another deal that the Lord used to our surprise to kind of go, hey, do you see that there's an opportunity there to let those gifts continue to grow in a way that can be contextualized and useful to the people that are in Fort Worth? And it was all part of what the Lord was doing that we didn't even know at the time. So we're really, really excited about that. Yep. Another question, just as we move forward, the other really noticeable change that you're going to see is local eldership. So an opportunity for you to have elders that are responsible for shepherding this flock that day in and day out, week in and week out, you're going to be rubbing shoulders with as we move forward. But also, we, we feel like hey, there's the team of the campus shepherds that we've been marching forward with to to do some of that already on our campus, but we don't want to make an assumption that we're just going to step into that role without skip uh, and therefore skip the normal selection process that's happened at, at Watermark. And so we're going to move forward and follow the same type of elder selection process that Watermark has always used, and we'd love for you guys to comment a little bit on that. Yeah, I think that what's so important about this is that the continuity of leadership exists. We've been sharing life and ministry with these men, meeting uh, weekly for a long period of time and now more like monthly or every couple of months. But I, I think what Todd and the other elders would say, you know, they're not here, but what they would say is the, they have been executing in this role without the oversight responsibility that we have had from Dallas. But the ministry and the work of the church is being done by these campus shepherds and has been for a long time. So they've proved themselves faithful in the role that now we'll go through the process of, of formally uh, going through the elder evaluation process and installing them should you decide to move forward. So we don't believe the biblical model is to vote for elders. But we do believe the biblical model is for the people to affirm, yeah, these men meet the qualifications of Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3. Um, you'll vote with your heart, with your presence, with your investment, with your obedience to Christ to say all of us should be underneath spiritual authority. And so what will happen over the next three to four months, and certainly we have spent a majority of our time um, with those Exodus 18 type leaders that have been here on the Fort Worth campus, and some of them will rise up to the level of, if you will, the Moses and the Aaron and the Miriam and the sense of the leadership there. We believe in a local church context, that's going to be by godly men that meet the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3 and Titus one. So you'll hear more about that. The process that we will go through here is the exact same process that we went through in Dallas where we put Dean and Kyle and 
Brett initially before the body, we shared with him how we vetted them. And then we just said, we welcome your feedback. This is why we think these are men um, worthy of being my elders. And, um, and, and so if you think we've missed something or there's a cause for concern, give us some feedback. And then eventually, collectively, after all that feedback is received, um, we'll move forward responsibly in a way that we think will bring honor and glory to God. Yep. And so just here in the next couple of months, you're going to hear more about that as we look at establishing elders at, uh, at our campus. I think, should we say, that? I mean, I, you yeah. know, I, we didn't say this first, I, we should have, yeah. which is if you believe that you see individuals in this body that should be considered for that, mm-hmm. it's appropriate and right that you would bring those names forward to the staff team or to us as elders and say, hey, you guys really ought to think about these individuals being a part of that team that will humbly live and serve together. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Can I talk a little bit about the future relationship? Please. Are you ready for that? Yeah, go right um, I think one of the things that the question might be, what's it gonna look like in the future? And the, uh, I believe it's gonna look amazing in, in, uh, in the Jeremiah 29, 11 way. You know, he has, a, he has a plan set for us to give us a hope and a future. Uh, help us prosper in every way, shape, and form. And, and what I would say to you is, I think JP and what's happened at Harris Creek is a pretty good example for you to look up, uh, look at. I know many of you, just like we were, are blessed uh, by he and Monica and, and their season of leadership at Watermark. And we haven't stopped hearing from JP. I can promise you that. Uh, Todd's cell phone rings, <laughs> rings a lot. Um, he but, called me today and said, I had to just put you on payroll. And I said, that okay. Would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's uh, it's an incredible thing where God, uh, that's not a Watermark church, but Watermark, you have a significant investment in the ministry that is happening there and will continue in the future through the lives of JP and Monica. And we feel the same way here, even more so uh, because of having traveled this road with both. Um, all the elders, you know, Newly and Steve and Graham and Tyler. And so it's a, it is really bittersweet mm-hmm. because it's this tremendous, exciting uh, handoff, honestly, uh, for, for the elders to be able to entrust the responsibility to these men and the sober, um, loving, awesome responsibility it is to assume that role over the Fort Worth campus. Another question you may have is like, how's the rest of the staff doing? And I'll just say, whenever we shared this conviction with the staff as a whole, there was a range of initial responses to it in the same way that there's probably a range of uh, instant responses in this room. But as we continue to look at the reasons behind this decision, to look at the God who is still over on top of this mission, there is an eagerness and excitement for what lies ahead. And a lot of our initial reactions, mine included, uh, of the, the bitterness or the sadness that comes is because... Many in this room, many on staff, came to their relationship with Jesus Christ as their Savior underneath the label of Watermark, had marriages restored, had addictions redeemed. For for Lindsay and I, the vast majority of our spiritual growth has come underneath the label of Watermark and underneath the leadership of men like this. And so there is a uh, nostalgic, uh, sobering sadness to move forward. But then as we look at what the future holds for us. We, the staff couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more excited. And I would encourage you, uh, as you see staff this morning, as you see staff around this week, I want you to grab, I want you to go initiate with them and ask them, hey, how are you doing with this? And they're gonna strengthen your heart. You're gonna be encouraged by the leaders that we have in this body with the mission moving forward. And so I want you to go and ask them and to be encouraged uh, by how they're doing.
Uh, then the last thing is we have just a, a few more minutes. I uh, would love to give uh, each of you an opportunity just to give a charge uh, to our body here this morning. Let me go first. Please. Uh, hey, we love you. You know, I thought I would get past this from first hour because it happened to, but um, we do. Yeah. We're for you. We're excited. You know, crying, it's not tears of sadness, cries and tears of joy to see what God has done. Um, Second Chronicles 7, 14, it, it, it says, um, if my people who are called by not my name will humble themselves and pray, what's next? Seek my face. I will hear from heaven. I will heal, heal their sin. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's what we want you to do. Humbly, prayerfully before the Lord, fully yielding to him, laying our lives down for those in our community, at our churches, at our homes, at our schools, at our businesses, where they see the transforming power of God to redeem lives and move you forward out of the sin that so easily entangles all of us. Look, look what he's done with sinners like us mm -hmm. and what he plans to do with sinners like these and you. So we couldn't be more excited. Um, it, it is... It is an amazing thing to, to have been here at the beginning, honestly. You know, the beginning of Dallas and see what he's done there and the beginning of Fort Worth and see what he plans to do here. Yeah, we're excited. We can't wait to see what God's going to do with this body of believers. Weatherford awaits. Alito awaits. Keller awaits. Ben Burke awaits. The other side of the world awaits. Who knows? And we believe that the best way to reach those places is through you. And we have opportunity here to maximize the use of this campus. It's appropriate that leaders come to faith here and become leaders here. It's appropriate that a new work is done in Galatia and Ephesus. When Paul showed up, there was no church. And then it became, at one time, some of the brightest spots in the whole European uh, in, in world, well, leaders of churches in the world, frankly. Here's what I would say to you. I think my admonishment to you and my encouragement to you is just um, simply this. Dean quoted 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and he left out a phrase. And the phrase he left out it's was... It's not unusual. <laughs> first hour, he left out a grandkid, right? First hour, we were talking about how many grandkids we had, and I said six, and he looked at me, and he goes, I thought it was seven. Yeah, seven. So, uh, and it's seven. It's, it's seven. seven. It is seven. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't new information. He just... <laughs> It was in the sun a lot yesterday. <laughs> no uh, wonder they're moving me out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he kept saying one church, three campuses. And we go, no, there's four. Dean. Four. four. There's four. <laughs> uh, that's when we knew it was time to move him on. But, uh, uh, but he was right. There's three campuses as of July. It's prophetic. No, in all, in all seriousness, uh, uh, in all seriousness, what we, what we found out, uh, what he left out was, and turn from your wicked ways. Yeah. And he didn't say that to you. Because we would not be doing this if there were wicked ways happening here. What we see here is people seeking his face, humbling themselves and pray. People um, um, sometimes say to me, Todd, you know, um, you're, you're a courageous leader. That's one of the kind things that people say to me sometimes. And, and this week, and this is the life series, um, the attribute was courage. And I, I, as one church, I encourage you guys to go listen to that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and just stay up with us. Next week, it, the, the attribute of a wise life is contentment. Look what the Lord's doing these two weeks, right? And so this week it's courage. But courage um, is not moving forward in the midst of certain defeat. That's stupidity. 
All right? The prudent sees evil and hides himself, but the naive proceed and inherit folly, Proverbs 22.3 says. So courage is not moving forward when, when it's not giving a millions of dollars of investment and seven years worth of ministry and all the potential future opportunity of God working to people who need to turn from their wicked ways. That's stupid. We don't believe we're doing that. We look at you and we see our friends that, um, that are ready in every single way. Courage is the ability, you know, um, one of the lessons that I, I taught, courage is the ability to move forward despite fear because of um, well-placed confidence. That's courage. And our confidence, frankly, isn't in you. Our confidence is that your confidence is well-placed. We don't just sing, Lord, I need you. We, we operate that way. We humble ourselves and pray. And because of that, and because the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts are uh, completely his, that he may strongly support them, because we see you doing that, we believe it's not even courageous to trust you. It's just right. And so we're really excited to see what the Lord's going to do um, in and through you, our brothers, in the days ahead, our co-heirs with Christ, our people that are going to stand before him and give an account for the way we invest our lives. This is a sobering truth that we're living in and we'll be living in together. When we started, we had nothing except the God who is everything. And guess what you're going to start with July 1st? More than we did. And the God who is everything. And so whom too much is given, much is expected. And you're ready. And this isn't just stupidity where we're moving forward in face of certain defeat. This is courage. There's some fear because we're human, but our confidence is well placed. So, a little over three weeks ago on a Friday is when the campus shepherds and I were <coughs> over in Todd's living room and they uh, shared this conviction with us and uh, I woke up Saturday morning the next day and was like was it a dream was it and it wasn't and so I knew I needed to go to God on this and I just was praying about the future about what was going on in my own heart and just asking for God to give me something that will not only be able to help me lead myself well and to strengthen my heart but to strengthen your heart the hearts of the people and the story of the 12 spies in Numbers chapter 13 and 14 is what came to mind. And so I went and opened my Bible and just started reading that story. And it has been a great source of bringing courage to my heart. And I want to share a little bit of that story with you this morning. And there's this nation of people who started out as really about a family of 70 as they came into this country of Egypt and with their time there, grew to a nation of about 2 million. And again, it came a time where God was going to lead them to what was next. And they got to see God part the Red Sea and bring them about a year later to the footsteps of this promised land that he promised was going to be a good land before him. He was going to uh, give them all the blessings of it. And the nation, as they got there, decided, hey, they need to go and see if it really was going to be a good land indeed. And so they appointed one man from each tribe, 12 in all, to go and explore the land. And so for 40 days, these spies walked around the promised land to see if it was indeed a good land. And it was. It says at one point that they came upon a, a cluster of grapes so big that it took two men to carry it. 
And they discovered that land to be everything that God said it was going to be. And so they come back and they give a report to the nation of Israel. And this is what they said, the spies. They said, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land that you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is everything that it produces. And they looked at it. But the people living in this land are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. And we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And then down in verse 31, the other men who had explored the land with Caleb and Joshua disagreed with their good report and said, we can't go up against them, the people in this land in front of us. They are stronger than we are. And so out of fear, they spread this bad report about the land. And it says when they responded in fear, when the leaders responded in fear because of the challenges that were going to be in front of them, as they came into this good land, the entire nation followed in their response and began to respond in fear and rebel against the Lord, except two men. Two men responded differently, Joshua and Caleb. And this is what they said. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into it and give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And there was a difference between how Joshua and Caleb responded versus the other people in the entire nation. And the difference was where they were focused. All the spies saw the same thing in the land. But the ones who came back and gave a bad report were looking down. And they were looking at the challenges that were going to be in front of them as they, if they were to move forward to take possession of this thing that God wanted them to, to move towards. But Joshua and Caleb were looking somewhere else. They were looking up. They were looking where Todd just mentioned where real courage comes from. Not from oneself, but from the Lord. And they knew that God was with them. And he was going to be with them as they continued forward. The same God that parted the Red Sea was going to be the one that was going to be with them as they came forward. We have seen God do more than just part a Red Sea here in this body, in this congregation in Fort Worth. We have seen him change life after life after life after life to the point that this city has a mark left on it because of God's people who gather here in this room this morning. And although, yes, we are going to experience some challenges as we move forward into this new season, but we don't need to be afraid because the same God who's carried us this far is going to be with us as we move forward. Jesus said right before he ascended in Matthew 28, he came to all his disciples and he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he gave a promise which should give you great comfort and confidence as we move ahead. He says, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. He's with us. And we can move forward, not in fear, but in faith. Faith that's not in ourselves, but in Jesus Christ. And the stories that we have seen, we're going to continue to see as long as we continue to devote our hearts fully to him. And for a little bit of perspective, I want you to watch a few stories right now of what God's been up to and be encouraged. Watch this. Yeah, sorry I was late though. Uh, hair and makeup took a while, so. 
Can you repeat the question? Because I kind of just forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I did my full name. Social security number, 639. I'm banking on the fact that y'all can edit anything. <laughs> I actually met Kirsten for the first time in membership class. I sat next to her, she was sitting by herself, and um, she was not nice to me. <laughs> when we came to Watermark, we had not been in church for a couple of years. We had just gotten lazy and complacent. I had just made my career my top priority ahead of everything else. Rebellion and running from God, for me, it looked like chasing after me being the best guitar player, the best singer, musician I could be, and inside of that really chasing the so-called rock star lifestyle, whether it be all the drinking or seeking after drugs or women and the affections of people around me. Wanting to be wanted, that, that need to be needed by people to be the most important person in the room. I've always kind of been the good girl, making good grades, um, being kind to people, maintaining a good reputation. I was focused completely on Craig. I was focused on his sin. I was focused on how I was unfulfilled and how expectations were unmet. For a long time, the struggle was maintaining that reputation. I felt so much pressure to that it led me to a lot of sin, of just um, a lot of pride and being hurtful to people or lying to maintain my reputation or cheating to make the grades. Then we get into community together. I don't remember her at all. She doesn't remember me at all. And uh, we come to find out that, oh my gosh, that was you. And uh, that she had been out all weekend and was not in a good place the next morning. Had no recollection of ever meeting Brenda prior to us being in a circle, a community group, and looking across the circle and thinking, I will never be friends with that girl. The Bible study, DBU graduate, has nothing in common with me. I'm not gonna be friends with that girl, much less could I have remembered that we had actually met prior. I had um, lived a life of uh, promiscuity uh, leading up to marriage. Was convinced that I would take all of it to the grave, that I would never, uh, never share that, uh, would never bring that into the light. The biggest things for me when I got to Watermark was the authenticity in the community here. Um, for the first time in my life I, in a church, I felt cared for as Trevor the person, not Trevor the guitar player or musician or what have you. Went through re-engage and we told things to our group that we'd never told anyone. It was so freeing, it was liberating. There was no more nights of anxiety or fear. She started mentioning that um, she wanted to grow in her relationship with the Lord and she wanted to have more of an abiding relationship with Him and all I knew was, hey, I know what has changed my life and I know what scripture has meant um, in changing my relationship with the Lord and growing my love for Him. And so I would love that for you. She started waking up super early to call me yeah. before work and ask me what I'm reading, what am I learning. She like truly loved and cared for me and wanted me to grow in Christ. She wanted me to have an abiding relationship with Him. My community group has really just taught me about accountability and fellowship and um, how freeing it is to be vulnerable um, and to be myself. So many things have changed for me. I really trust and feel that the people here just really want to know me and they want to care for me and love me well. The Lord has used Kristen in my life in incredible ways. She's truly a picture of the gospel to me in the way that she loves me and cares for me and forgives me and um, it's just really sweet that our relationship started out um, very like we would never be friends or very different in every way um, but that what we have in common is our faithfulness to the Lord and 
Um, now I get to be her biggest fan. The Lord surrounded us with amazing people that um, were loving and kind and showed us grace and accepted us. And so there we are five years later and we're still here and we're helping couples walk through some tough stuff. And I think the biggest message from our story is what a mess we were and look what he did with the hurdles. Thanks for making room for us. Thanks for making room for us. Thanks for making room for me. Thanks for making room for me. Thanks for making room for me. Thank you for making room for me. continue to see those great things happen in our city through us. The only thing that that requires is us for, for us to fully surrender our hearts to him. And he's given us the promise that he will strongly support us as we move forward. And in our city, there are many more Samanthas and Craigs and Trevors and Brendas and Kirstens and Elizabeths that you just saw in that video. And God wants to use you, wants to use us to reach them. So may we respond in faith and go and be all that he's asked us to, not in confidence in our own flesh, but in who he is and take this city for our king. I know that you may have more questions about uh, the transition. And so we wanna create an opportunity for you to ask that one, we'll be immediately following service. Myself, Todd, Dean, our campus shepherds, our staff will be hanging out up front. We would love to hear from you. Hear your encouragements, answer any questions that you may have. And then on Tuesday night of this week from 6 to 7 p.m., there's going to be a follow-up meeting to the Fort Worth Update. We'd love to invite you to come to that uh, to share with you in, in more detail, with more news and more opportunities for engagement about what's going on. And then maybe most importantly, on Sunday, October 6th, is our next night of prayer. If you've not been to one yet, you are missing out. It is when we gather together as a church family. We remind each other of who God is and what He's done through taking the Lord's Supper together, and then we hit our knees and we pray. We pray and we let God know that we need him. We ask him to continue to invade our lives. We pray that he would strengthen us by his grace for every good work that he's prepared for us as we move forward. So we want you to come and be a part of that as we pray for our future. There's a lot of what about this is to figure out as we go through this transition, and we need God to provide us with wisdom to do it well. But friends, you are his church. If you're here this morning and you're just trying to figure out who this Jesus is and you don't know what this is all about this morning. Uh, we are so glad you're here because what this was about is God's people being his people, not because of a name, but because of who he is and what he's done in our lives. We would love the opportunity to engage with you right now when service ends to tell you more about who he is and, have a, and have a, how to have a relationship with him. But he's with us, friends. Let's be his church. Have a great week of worship. Thank you.